0: Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's conversation with my name is Terrence Fox of iAdvise and it's a pleasure to have you as always. Today's session is dedicated and all about how to get your employees obsessed with customers. Uh, Obviously a lot of synergy with our discussion last week with Annette Franz uh, that was focused on employee happiness, but this topic is is an important one. If your employees are focused on the customers and the customer's happiness, it's naturally going to benefit your business, your brand saliency, and inject the emotion customers crave today. Uh, And frankly, I ask that you think back to your own experiences. Have you ever had an engagement with a a brand and a particular customer service representative who's gone above and beyond for you as a customer? Uh, What made that interaction so impactful? Uh, I can think of several scenarios and and frankly, some of the ones that are most lasting on me and had me coming back to the brand were scenarios where I didn't even end up buying. It was just a great exchange with the brand. Today, I'm joined by a true expert on this topic, uh, Jeff Toyster. Jeff is dedicated to getting employees obsessed with customers and the customer service. He is a best-selling author and has four customer service books, including the Service Culture Culture Handbook, excuse me, a step-by-step guide to getting your employees obsessed with customer service, and thousands of customer service professionals around the world subscribe to Jeff's customer service tip of the week email. Uh, this week's is Answer the Phone Enthusiastically, by the way. Uh, a great trick that will, of course, help you from uh, everything from the business world to your own personal life. Uh, I like to do those things to bother my wife. Uh, but Jeff has been recognized as a top influencer by many organizations. Uh, uh, Global Girls named him a top 30 customer service professional in the world. Um, he was a top customer experience influencer by Panviva and a top contact center influencer by Procedure Flow. Uh, so it's my absolute pleasure to introduce Jeff Toyster on the topic of how to get your employees obsessed with customers. Jeff, great to have you here.
1: Hey Terrence, thanks for having me. And um, two things before we get started. One is you interviewed my friend Annette Franz last week and the very what? first thing she said was, wow, that music, it really had me going. And I'm like, I'm not gonna fall for that. And then <laughs> I'm sitting here. All right, so well, well done. And by the way, you're wearing a tie, a coat and tie today. That's that's some epic pandemic dressing right there, Terrence. So Wilda, well I appreciate you showing up. I'm a little embarrassed now. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: It's, uh, it's, it's funny you bring that up because we've made a joke in the past that uh, I am wearing Lululemon shorts more often than not. So it doesn't have to match, but that's about being professional. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up Annette because I accidentally said her name wrong once, and I wanted to make sure I was perfectly right today with Annette Franz. Uh, so, yes. Franz and Franz. Fine.
1: Yes. That's exactly. how I remember it. Hi, Annette. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, no, this is my role to dress up to, of course, uh, be on par with our guests. So you're looking to part, Jeff. Don't, don't worry about that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, something to just open the floor that I, I love to ask is uh, you know, obviously how you've been occupying yourself the last, we're about 11 months now, uh, the pandemic with restricted living. Have you found any new books or podcasts or things that you particularly enjoyed to kind of uh, maybe get you away from work, whatever you think is the direction you wanna take it?
1: So um, I think this is where I've realized how fortunate I am in in that uh, I have worked from home for more than 15 years. And so the change in my life has been uh, no travel of course, But in terms of a typical workday, it's not a big change for me. And Mm -hmm. and that includes, you know, what am I reading? So podcasts, I I don't do a lot of podcasts typically unless I'm traveling. So I'm not doing as many of those. Uh, I I really do enjoy um, a a few customer service podcasts, though. uh, Crack the Customer Code uh, Mm -hmm. with Jeannie Walters, Adam That That was the very first podcast I think I really started listening to. And if I'm telling the truth, it's only because they were going to have me as a guest, and I thought, oh, maybe I should check it out. Yeah, they hooked me in. It was good. Yeah, uh, I don't do a lot of podcasts. I I read a lot. I'm usually reading two or three books at once uh, on the customer experience, customer focus side of things. Um, I also read a lot of uh, like academic studies mm. so that so that you don't have to, and yeah. I can distill that that information. As an example, I recently read a study that in certain situations, uh, such as when we've asked a customer to wait just a little bit, it's more effective to say "thank you for your patience" than it is to say "I'm sorry for the wait." So I read a lot of those types of things, which are not interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but the output is 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 definitely interesting. So the, yeah. the big picture for me, there's, I think, in many ways, unfortunate. There's not been a lot of change.
0: Good, good, yeah, and uh, well. I can kind of relate, I would say that uh, having a a newborn in the house has forced me to change an awful lot. Oh, wow, yeah. Nothing feels the same. Uh, But there is still some good to come about being stuck at home, right, in this isolated living.
1: Um, Especially with a newborn, that's...
0: uh... Yeah, yeah. I I was able to see her walk, I was able to see her first words, you know, you can't really complain. That's uh, some incredible stuff that I may have missed otherwise. Um, so, uh, Jeff, we talk so much, of course, uh, on, on this show about, uh, you know, the consumer experience, but I think it is also important to put yourself and, and talk about yourself as a consumer. Have you had a particularly memorable experience digitally, uh, either good or bad as a consumer?
1: It, it's so funny. We talk about digitally because I think a lot of experiences that happen purely digital, we just don't think about. Yeah. Uh, You, the other night I I rented a movie uh, on Amazon, you know, that, that wasn't like a, "Ah," but it was, it was just a very seamless experience. I think when, when experiences move from the digital world to the physical world, that that's when there's, there's something. So just Mm -hmm. yesterday I had to have the windshield replaced on my car and What I didn't know at the beginning of this ordeal was whether or not my insurance covered it, and if so, how did that work? Right. So my experience started with going to my, it was on the weekend when I noticed this this huge crack. So I know my agent wasn't at work. Okay, so I I go to the website, I don't see anything. I look at my policy, there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. I call and they say, hey, is this a windshield? Press this number, so I press this number. I get a third party who knows nothing about my policy. So I spent like multiple calls online, on the phone, with my physical policy, just trying to find a very simple answer. I yeah. got nowhere. Then I go to where I should have gone in the first place. In my book, The Service Culture Handbook, I wrote about a company called Safelight Autoglass and about their amazing customer focus. And I said, why did not I just go there? They'll help yeah. me figure it out. So I go to their website and this is still digital, right? The digital part was, okay, You do you need a replacement or repair? Definitely a replacement, fantastic. What car do you have? I, this is what car I have. Uh, what's your insurance company? Type it in, let's look it up for you. Okay, here's your coverage. I mean, Safe Flight did a better job of explaining my coverage than my insurance company. Yeah. But then it only got better because once I was able to pick a convenient appointment for myself, then I get all this communication. Um, here's when your appointment window is going to come. And then I get a, an email that's a picture of the person. This is Alexis, he's gonna do the repair for you. And then I get a call from him yesterday morning. Hey, I'm going to be around this morning. Let's chat through how this is going to go. And then he actually shows up in person. Now we're beyond the digital world, but we've really gone through multiple well thought out steps in the customer journey. Yeah. And, and the biggest part of it is I went from having a huge crack in my windshield and, and being worried about that, and right. now I have a brand new windshield. It's good as new. I'm done with that chapter in my life. Mm. And that's, I think that's kind of amazing that some companies can do that so well and other companies have not a clue about how any of that goes. Yeah, and I think it's important
0: you bring up uh, the overcommunication, right? They let you know where they were, when they were coming, who's going to be there, uh, the status of the repair. Uh, so often in these discussions we have on Tuesdays, we hear the, the underlying problem is the lack of communication. If the consumer is left guessing uh unsure of delivery unsure of arrival unsure of uh, the status that's where a real problem occurs uh, but i can actually reiterate uh, i had a problem with my jeep windshield and safe light was there i think 3 days later and repaired in an hour 45 minutes it is a pretty efficient organization for sure
1: pretty amazing and you you talk about that communication i think it 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 even goes deeper in that in the typical organization each person or each department or each step takes a very transactional view. Mm. Okay, My part is I'm going to schedule you, or my part is I'm looking up your insurance or my part is I show up and I do the repair. I don't have anything to do with that other stuff. Mm. So each transactional silo looks at its own piece. There's no one looking at it from the customer's lens and it's truly the customer who cares about their journey. And so the communication to your point doesn't happen or it's disjointed uh, and ultimately it's the customer that's frustrated by the process. All right, Um,
0: Jeff, last personal topic and then we'll move on to the meat of today's discussion. Uh, Have you learned anything new about yourself as a consumer also the past 12 months? Some of the people we've interviewed have said, yeah, I kind of just removed the need for frivolous spending and I stopped doing crazy purchases. Uh, Has there been anything new for Jeff Toyster in this stretch of time?
1: No, uh, I wish I could come up with a really good story for you. Uh, Other than I could, maybe I'll say one thing about this, that I really enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy Hmm. hiking and and spending time uh, in in nature. And so I think that's hit home how frustrated I get when there's something that's preventing me from going out. So, for example, I live in San Diego. You think we have perfect weather. We do most of the time. But the last week or so, uh, we've had a lot of rain. Mm-hmm. And in our, our mountains, San Diego has mountains and we get a lot of snow in those mountains and we get a big storm. I've been frustrated that I can't get out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's been magnified. But wow, that's, if that's the biggest frustration I have, um, I consider myself lucky. I, I know so many people who are struggling. A friend of mine owns a restaurant mm-hmm. and it's it's a constant struggle with safety and keeping his team working right. and, and keeping the doors open. Uh, there's a lot of people with, with bigger challenges than I have, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, all things considered, uh, a lot to be grateful for. Absolutely. Um, so, Jeff, let's get to the topic. Uh, and maybe just the simplest way to start is a, a quick definition. In your eyes, what does it mean to be customer obsessed?
1: I think it goes back to the, the, the example we were talking about earlier with with Safelite. Uh, we, we could say they're customer obsessed. And, and what it simply means is that decision making is made with the customer in mind and this could be whether it's our strategy, whether it's products or services that we offer, even our individual employee actions and as someone who loves the outdoors to give you an ex- another company I wrote about in the service culture handbook and a company I really love and admire is, is rei and if for your viewers who might not be familiar with them, this is the store that you go to if you're serious about the outdoors, whether it's hiking or camping or biking or, or any of those things. And, and it's important to see the difference, I think, between REI and a typical sporting goods store. So strategically, REI, a number of years ago, they took the busiest retail day in America, and which is the day after Thanksgiving. And they said, you know what? We're a company about enjoying the outdoors. And the day after Thanksgiving is a really good day to get outdoors. Right. We're going to shut down our entire company. And, and we're going to encourage our employees and our customers to go outside rather than trying to capitalize on sales that day. That's a bold, bold decision. But but that reflects that they they really believe in helping their customers enjoy the outdoors. Right. Or if I go uh, because I'm I'm let's say I'm planning a, a really big trip or a really big hiking trip. If I go to a traditional sporting goods store, I might find someone who's friendly who's helpful, who's available. And if I say, hey, I'm going on this big hiking trip and I need a new backpack, for example, they'll point and they'll say, well, aisle four, that's where we keep our stuff. Right. If I go to REI, the person will be honestly enthusiastic about the trip, well, where are you going? I've been on that trail myself. Yeah. Come on, let me show you, I've got a few ideas. It's a very different feeling, that transactional feeling versus uh, at organizations like REI, they're concerned about me, the customer, in my journey. And that is palpable throughout every interaction and touch point that you might have with a customer focused organization.
0: I think that's great too. Um, I was thinking about RAI the other day. They do a lot of guide trips, which I always thought was fantastic. I was actually on a flight to Iceland a few years ago, and I was sitting next to this woman. um, Even being on a plane feels weird now. It's been a little while. Uh, but I was sitting next to this woman who was explaining that she was going to Reykjavik for the first time, and she was going with an REI guide as part of an outdoor uh, trip. Uh, and I had never heard of anything like that. Uh, but you know, naturally, not only are they obsessed with their customer and, of course, try to really be involved in the customer's interests instead of just pointing to an aisle, uh, but I love that they've got this initiative now of also, um, uh, you know, actually embracing the opportunity to join uh, their customers on these trips. what a cool, cool example. Um, So Jeff, that's what it means to be customer obsessed. Um, And there's some obvious bridges we can cross in in terms of how does this this actually impact the customer experience? But anything additional to share on, uh, you know,
1: how this customer obsession will impact the customer experience? Well, I I think we could probably come up with with endless examples. You know, you think about organizations that you enjoy doing business with versus ones that you find to be frustrating and mm-hmm. i think as a customer it's often easy to see you, you get a bad experience maybe you're getting the runaround somehow and it, it's it's so obvious it's so frustrating obvious what should be done yet the company doesn't see it that way that's a sheer sign of a lack of customer focus mm-hmm. where the companies that you enjoy doing business with where it's seamless it's easy uh, they really just seem to get you. That's an example of, of customer focus. And, and I found a, a lot of it really is that that transactional focus versus focusing on, on the customer. And so I'll, I'll give you another quick example. My wife and I own a vacation rental cabin in the mountains. And so it gets really cold up there. We get a lot of snow. Um, and when you, it's in a rural area, which means that we run our heater and our stove and, and some other things on propane. Mm. And when the experience is going well, there's we're on a route and our propane truck shows up on a regular basis and delivers propane. And all of a sudden we get a notice. Hey, we topped off your tank. It's seamless. It's easy. But this past fall, we had an experience where oh, we got a bill for like a dollar, which that doesn't make sense. That doesn't even cover a gallon of propane, let alone anything else. Yeah. So, it show that somebody showed up but didn't top off the tank and we know it wasn't full. So that was a head scratcher. And then we got another bill for our tank rental, but again, no propane. And so our propane had gone lower than it had ever gone since we had worked with this company. Mm. And it took multiple phone calls. It took multiple different channels and trying to find an answer. Why haven't we gotten our propane filled? And from their perspective, I realized is that they're looking at the math and saying, don't worry, you're not going to run out. And we're looking and saying, you've always topped it off much sooner than this. Something's broken. We yeah. don't want to run out of propane. So from our perspective, it was, we lacked assurance. Right. And from their perspective, it was like, eh, you're fine. We'll get around to you when we get around to you. Completely different attitudes. And in that case, a complete lack of customer focus. They weren't really realizing it wasn't getting propane that we needed. It was the assurance that we wouldn't run out. Right. "Ah, You're fine, wasn't doing it for us.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, that's actually a great example and something I can relate to as well. Uh, You know, it goes back to this uh, almost like they built up this customer expectation for you and then naturally created worries because they created a disconnect when that expectation wasn't met. You know? Uh, So definitely uh, very interesting. Um, Jeff, this is a loaded question uh, because I know this is a lot of your work. But how do you as a, uh, you know, naturally as an advisor and a consultant for some of these brands and retailers, uh, how do you get your employees to be customer focused? Uh, What are some of the things that you share uh, when when you're trying to help a brand that's got this on the horizon?
1: You know, I was thinking about this as I was was speaking with an executive the other day who was so unfocused in their strategy and their vision, they couldn't clearly articulate what made their organization special what they believed in what the strategy was and i thought if you're not focused how can you expect your employees to be right and, and and so it really starts there there's there's three core steps to getting your employees obsessed with service they are incredibly simple to understand and i would say they're incredibly difficult to commit to and implement mm. so the the first step is you have to create a customer experience vision. And this is a shared vision of an outstanding customer experience. If you don't do that, everyone will have their own individual idea. It will vary by department. It will vary by employee. So at REI, for example, their customer experience vision is also their their mission statement. And I'll I'll paraphrase, but REI is here to help us enjoy the outdoors. And so whether it's helping me plan a hike, or like the person you met on the flight, literally guiding people on an adventure or a trip to both experience the outdoors, but probably learn a few things along the way. That's all part of their customer experience vision. Yeah. So you have to have a clear vision uh, so that everyone is pointed in the right direction. Everybody's pointed in the same direction. Mm. The second step then is Mm -hmm. we have to engage our employees. And this is a, a big topic everyone's focused on engagement, no one has any idea what it means. I love to ask companies I work with that are excited about engagement, fantastic, what does it mean? And then you get a a uncomfortable pause, and then a, gee, I think I'll let someone else take this question. (laughs) No one's really thought about it other than scores on a survey maybe. Mm. So employee engagement, the, the dirty secret is that even the biggest companies that spend time on this don't agree on what the definition of employee engagement is. So I've created a a definition. It's not the only definition, but I think it's it's the most useful. An engaged employee is someone who is deliberately contributing to organizational success. Hmm. So if I haven't defined success, I can't engage my employees. Right. If I make it really difficult for them to be successful, it's really hard to engage. Employees. If I put obstacle after obstacle in their way because our product stinks or our policies don't make sense or I'm a terrible boss, it's going to be really difficult to get that commitment. Yeah. But when we operationalize that in an organization again, like like an RAI or or a, a Safe Light, you can talk to any employee and they know what the goal is. And they know what their role and and their contribution is. To that goal and you can see it in their actions and that's an engaged employee so that's that's the second step the third step then is what i call alignment and what we need to do in our organization is align everything we do with that vision because one of the biggest challenges that we have is misalignment mm-hmm. when we create friction that makes it difficult for employees to be customer focused and and i'll give you an example let's Let's talk about SafeLight for a moment. They they eliminated friction by, as you point out, setting clear expectations along the way. Well, so many other companies, if you make an appointment for someone to come to the house for a repair or, or anything, and they'll say, okay, our, our technician's going to be here between eight and noon. And then noon shows up, but the technician doesn't. Mm. That is a friction point. And why haven't they shown up? There's a million reasons. But when that person does show up, they have almost no hope of creating a great experience because you've just wasted half your day. No one explained it to you. And now when they show up, you have to wait until they actually complete the repair, the service or whatever it is. Right. Well, it could have been they didn't have enough technicians or they didn't have the right parts on the truck or their scheduling system um, was relying on the wrong formula. Many different explanations, but it's not aligned with the end result. And it's not aligned with the expectations that we're setting. Mm-hmm. so alignment is critical we have to eliminate those friction points that make it impossible to create that positive customer experience
0: mm-hmm. in the past year
1: uh, Terrence, I don't don't know if this is happening on your end. Um, You are completely frozen and I can hear Uh, about every fifth sound. I don't know if you might.
2: Yeah, it looks like Terrence's stream is having a bit of a hiccup. Let's let's see, let's add him back on and see if he can. uh,
0: Excellent. Is this better? (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, no, Terrence, you're you're all dark right now. This is not good.
1: In, in case you're wondering if we're live, <laughs> this is
2: live. I'm um, gonna Still hear me? Oh, you might be coming back a little bit
1: slowly, but surely. Oh no! <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: All right, um,
1: Jeff. Nothing. Um, what what would a Terrence let's let's imagine he's here with us? <laughs> what would Terrence have, have, have asked just now?
2: Um, you know, I, I think you guys were about wrapping it up at the right. the the last topics were around you know creating messaging that really resonates with customers and and what uh what goes into a something that you know, makes employees engage with that.
1: Oh, I like that. So there's there's two sides, right? There's the customer perspective and the employee perspective. Uh, on the customer side, uh, messaging, customers don't really, they don't really purchase products or services. They, they purchase solutions. And so if, if we want messaging that, that will resonate with a customer, I think we need to start with understanding the problem that a customer is trying to solve. And, and I often think about what is the customers I need to statement. So a, as an example, uh, a, another company I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, and they're not even here in California where I am, it's a, a chain of gas station convenience stores called Bucky's. They're primarily located in Texas. And they understand better than any other gas station convenience store, that if a customer's on a road trip, the number one problem they're often trying to solve is, I need to find a clean restroom. And if you've ever been on a road trip, you probably know how difficult it is and how inconsistent restrooms are from gas station to gas station. Bucky's restrooms are amazing. They're huge. They are spotlessly clean. It, it, there's never a worry of, will I find a clean restroom at a Bucky's. And they do a lot of other things that are really amazing but they, a lot of their their billboard advertising and you're in these rural areas, it's like we have clean restrooms. Nice. They know that's the problem customers are trying to solve. On the employee side, you know, if you hire the right employees, you have a lot of natural motivation. I think we're always worrying about motivating employees and, and that's not the issue at all. The issue truly is employee demotivation. We put so many obstacles in the way it's difficult for them to do a great job, so if we hire the right employees, and how do we get them to buy in? Just have a clear vision. I mean, we'll go back to uh, Terrence and I were talking about REI, and, and one of the reasons I love it, I love REI so much is the people they hire love the outdoors as much as I do. I know a lot of people who have gotten jobs in REI just to get the discount, <laughs> and, and that is palpable when you are engaging with an REI employee, and it's starkly different than if you go to a traditional sporting goods store, where that person got the job because that was the job they could get. It wasn't because they were enthusiastic about sports or spent all their time in the wilderness if they're not at work. And so that that difference, if you hire the right employee, they're already gonna be on board with your product or service, and they're going to be excited about it. And as long as you pave the way for them to do a great job, you're going to get a lot of their natural motivation every day.
2: No, I agree. That makes complete sense. I think that's, uh, from the employee side, that's something I've always found when you join a company that you're passionate about, you really bring that extra level of just enthusiasm. And when you're on a team where everyone's passionate, it like it, it, yeah, it really turns the work into something that's fun to do. And that, that extra drive, you, you get excited about, about the purpose. Um, great. Well, uh, um excuse me i think terrence is still stream is still a little bit stuck um but i know that was the the end of what we were we we had scheduled to talk about today uh jeff any final words to leave
1: us with i i think the uh if you want to know the difference uh between obsessed companies and and companies that are not employees that are obsessed employees that are not we're still in january Mm -hmm. go to your local park or anywhere where people tend to hang out and exercise and you're probably getting the tail end of everybody you know, with their New Year's resolutions to get in shape. They got their new running shoes or their new bike or whatever. Check that out. Make note of it. Come back in mid-February. Those people will be gone except for a very few. And that's truly the difference. It's not a, hey, we're going to work on this for this next month. It's we're committed to this for now going forward for everything we do. That's the difference in those few companies that get their employees obsessed with their customers
2: awesome well jeff it was wonderful having you here thanks so much for being a guest um looking forward to to hearing what you're saying and and the next book that's coming out um until next time thanks again
1: that's my pleasure thanks for having me here
2: all right um and i think terrence's stream is still uh choppy uh so For better, for worse, I'm here to say goodbye. Thank you all for for joining us today. We'll be back again next week. Uh, Same time, same channel uh, for another conversation with. Uh, Thank you all so much.